Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Matt Will. No L's. Just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shits, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad well, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shits, and it's time for the daily blitz. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Blitz podcast, uh, we are here in a special episode with all the quarterbacks that are falling like flies. Uh, it looked like it was a really deep position this year, but um, as, as the weeks go on, it's looking more and more volatile. And especially if you're in Superflex, people are probably panicking their ass off. So uh, I'm your host, Matt Williams. Uh, joining me uh, on the show today is uh, Mr. Addison Hayes from FF Statistics. Um, what is up, buddy? Uh, you know, just another day <laughs> trying to survive the quarterback plague. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Drew Brees goes down. Uh, he looks like he tore a ligament in his thumb. He's out, I believe they said minimum six weeks, was it? Yeah, I think so. And, and Ethan Turner said that um, he would put it more towards eight. He thinks six is a uh, is best case scenario. Okay. And then um, following that up, you have uh, Ben Roethlisberger, slightly worse, has an elbow, uh, left, the, left the game early with an elbow injury. He had surgery. He is done for the season. Um, both guys... Uh, had a couple of interesting backups. At least these are two teams that had um, guys that they plan on using in the future on their roster, which is at least, you know, if something like this is going to happen, at least that's the best scenario you can ask for. So let's start with Ben Roethlisberger since he's going to be out the longest um, and they have possibly, you know, the, the quarterback that they just plan on handing the reins to anyway. And Mason Rudolph, he comes in the game. He actually doesn't look too bad. Um, uh, as I mean, you're a Steelers fan, so I guess when you saw this happen, like you know, you had a day to think about it, and Mason Rudolph is going to be your guy. Uh, do you have any hope for this year at all? Obviously, you started 0 and 2, but you still had some talent on the team. You obviously have some other injuries that you got to be concerned about, but assuming everything is fine, um, do you have any confidence in Mason Rudolph going forward it, it, uh, from a real life or a fantasy standpoint for just 2019? Uh, so as a Steelers fan, I'm not really putting a lot of expectations into this season. I just kind of want to see, you know, how he does and how he performs at an NFL level, like with, without being, you know, in like the preseason setting, you know, we've saw him uh, in the preseason the past two years, he he's done well, but again, against backups or third stringers, that doesn't really mean that he's going to have success, you know, against the, the starting guys. And so I think this gives 
uh, Steelers fans and the Steelers organization a really nice opportunity to see what they have in Mason Rudolph and then, you know, change up their plans or direction based on how he does um, if he winds up not being the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger that um, I believe that they drafted him to be, you know, a couple years ago. So uh, I think this is really just not like a wasted season because we are going to have the chance to see what what Mason Rudolph actually is uh, at, you know, through 14 games. Uh, But then also if he fails or or at least doesn't live up to, you know, regular expectations of of just, you know, being competitive. Uh, that gives the Steelers a nice draft pick here in, in the 2020 class. And then we can move on, you know, with the uh, plans for a Ben Roethlisberger air with Ben with Big Ben coming back then at the end of the year for 2020 and beyond. Assuming he does come back, I think he will. I don't think he'll call it. Well, I think um, it depends on how Rudolph. On I think it also depends on how Rudolph does. If Rudolph does great, uh, they may just stick with him. Uh, but, you know, that's a lot to project going forward. We just have to see how it goes. Well, um, I believe he just Ben just signed a new contract. I uh, mean, doesn't I mean, the NFL, sometimes that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, you can't really get much from the information for the first two games as far as target share or anything. For one, you had that really weird, awful game versus the Patriots and their cover corners. And then you have Ben coming in here who looked like he was injured from almost the start before finally getting pulled. And then. But if you look at the target share going forward, they were spreading the ball around like crazy. Juju wasn't um, get, wasn't being locked in um, as many people thought. Like uh, some people were expecting, like that twenty eight percent market share that you see out of like an elite wide receiver. One Juju was around twenty. Uh, Vance McDonald around fourteen percent. Moncrief at fourteen. Switzer twelve. James Washington eleven. Deontay Johnson eleven. James Conner ten. So they're spreading the ball around like quite a bit. Um, Snapshare, which is apparently the brand new thing everyone in the world likes to use in, in fantasy. Um, <laughs> Juju is still there, like practically all the times, 82%. James Washington, shockingly, second for 60%. Um, Deontay John, this was for yesterday. Deontay Johnson, 47%. Moncrief, 32%. Switzer, 23%. So the drops obviously hurting Moncrief. <laughs> From week one, they uh, they but the Juju and Washington at least look like the guys that are going to be on the field for the most part with Deontay Johnson looking um, creeping in there, which is important because in the very limited amount of time Mason Rudolph was in the game, um, Juju got five targets. Vance McDonald got four. Deontay Johnson got three. No other no other wide receiver got more than one. So, you know, whatever. That's very, 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 very small sample size. And he's going to have a whole week. They're going to build some plays around him and what he does well. So what do you think of anyone going forward? The only thing I'm confident in personally and from a fantasy perspective is I think Vance McDonald's value is probably going up um, because he seems like a very easy safety blanket for a guy for a, for a rookie quarterback. So um, who do you like like value up and down? Is there anyone you would target that maybe people will be low on um, just from a fantasy perspective, what do you think of the Steelers going forward? Yeah, so I think you, I think you're pretty uh, spot on with Vance McDonald. I think uh, because of the new backup quarterback, like you said, a, a safety blanket there, the tight end position, and still with you know teams double covering Juju. Although I still believe that Juju will get his. He'll be fine for for fantasy. Uh, the touchdowns might not be there. That's my biggest concern is he'll kind of be like Julio Jones was like two years ago. He'll have like 1,300 yards, but like three or four touchdowns. And you'll be disappointed there, but he'll still have, you know, a pretty safe season. 
Um, the one guy I do want to mention is James Washington, and I think a couple other people have already been catching on to this as well, too, especially some of the bigger name guys, is that, you know, given the fact that Mason Rudolph and uh, James Washington came out of the same college, so they have the rapport there in college, they've had rapport in the past two preseasons as well, I would expect James Washington to overtake Moncrief and Deontay Johnson and become uh, the new wide receiver, too to you know for the Pittsburgh Steelers to Mason Rudolph um and you know kind of be his guy whenever Juju's getting double covered and uh the one of his you know main safety blankets but then also you know Rudolph has a a pretty nice cannon for an arm as well too and one of James Washington's biggest strengths is his ability to you know get vertical leads uh, leads the team in air yards over Juju Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and Juju has significantly more targets, probably double. I mean, it was 16 targets versus like nine, but uh, yeah, still more air yards. So his A dot, James Washington's a uh, 22 right now. <laughs> I, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just seems like every single time that it's a James Washington target, it's at least 25 yards downfield. Yeah, I, I would think in the short term, they're going to get a lot of opportunities to get something going between the two of them. Like we said, they already have a past, but Juju is in the short term, you think is going to be seeing plenty of double coverage with a with with Mason there. Um, they're going to not w- allow defenses are not going to want Juju to beat them, especially with the way the running game has looked so far. So um, if Connor is helpfully, hopefully. He- the teammates and, and stuff behind the scenes it looks like he's gonna be okay so um you would probably bank on them trying to establish the run a heck of a lot more uh going forward so i guess if they're going to be successful uh i don't know if connor is a big check down i know people were saying that he takes a big value hit um i think that they have enough talent um around where if if, if mason is going to be adequate at quarterback um there may not be as big of a dip um, in value for at least the big guys, like you said, touchdowns will probably come down. Uh, but in general, like, uh, what do you think of the running backs with this move? I mean, you know, obviously if Con- people were all over Jalen Samuels, if Connor was going to miss time, but how do you like James Connor specifically going forward? Do you think he takes any kind of a hit? Um, I would assume, like I said, that they're probably going to have to run the ball more, um, going forward. Yeah, I, it's kind of similar to, to like Juju as well, too. The touchdowns just kind of won't really be there for for Connor. And that was one of the biggest things that kind of helped, you know, prop him up to have a big season before his injury last year was, you know, he got a lot of carries on the goal line inside the five, inside the 10. Uh, that was really James Connor's bread and butter as being the the bigger goal line back. But then also having the ability to be a pass catching back out of the backfield kind of similar to what Le'Veon Bell was like and that was one of the biggest reasons why I loved him coming into this season and while I don't think the you know the carries and even the receptions really are going to go away because I do think that he's a pretty solid option for Mason Rudolph out of the backfield and they still have plays where James Conner could easily be the first or second read on those plays Uh, I think that it's just primarily going to be the touchdowns and so while, you know, similar to Juju as well, they're going to be safe options floor wise, not really take a huge hit um, from a fantasy perspective, but uh, it's going to be the touchdowns. So those big boom games that we saw from James Conner last year, where he'd, he'd have like 25, 30 fantasy points. Um, the, I don't think those are really going to be in the neighborhood of ranges for him this season, the rest of the year with Rudolph. Yep. 
Um, as far as going forward, I think James Washington is as is probably owned in most leagues. Uh, if he's not, like we said, he's probably the the primary guy you want to go for there. Uh, Deontay Johnson is definitely someone if you have the roster space that you want to add. Just it, while we see what Mason Rudolph's going to look like as far as who he's going to be targeting, everyone else we talked about who's going to have value going forward is already owned. But you want to make sure, at least in the short term, that uh, Washington's definitely owned. And then if you have space, I go with Deontay. Uh, so going over to the Saints, who have a um, you know possibly, like you said, uh, uh, Ethan Turner said this could be an eight-week problem. They already reported minimum six weeks. Drew Brees is down, which you know that is a big problem. <laughs> that is a big yes. problem. Terry Terry Bridgewater did not look good last night, but um, he he plays very differently from Drew Brees. They're going to have a whole week. Um, Sean Payton's going to be able to work some plays, create some plays that are actually going to play to Bridgewater's strengths. You know, we've seen him play good in the past. He was a pro bowler. Um, not that we expect that kind of level of play. He has plenty of options still. So, um, I wouldn't really throw him in the, in the trash as far as the, you know, being a, uh, an option in Superflex or anything. Not that if you're in Superflex, you have a lot of options, everyone's owned. So he's going to be bid up anyway. But as far as the other people, uh, before he went down, the top three pass catchers on the team were naturally Michael Thomas with a monster target share, I think 33% on the year. Uh, then trailing him was Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. When Terry Bridgewater was on the field, no real difference. Um, uh, when uh, Michael Thomas had 11 targets, uh, Jared Cook had five, Alvin Kamara had three. So, I mean, he targeted the living crap out of Michael Thomas. And if that's going to be the case, people are going to be on him literally all the time. Uh, double, again, as far as double teaming. Uh, so I, I've heard a lot of people, my big takeaway here from a value standpoint uh, is I don't think, you know, you can't afford to do anything with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook. They're probably the same situation we talked about with the Pittsburgh guys where Overall, the the touchdowns probably aren't going to be there, but they will get theirs. I think that uh, Latavius Murray actually gets a bump for me. Some people are are bumping him down because they think he needed positive game scripts. But I think because of this, they're going to have to run the ball more. They may be using Alvin Kamara. We saw we saw with uh, some injuries the Chargers put Austin Eckler out in the slot or out wide. I don't expect Kamara out wide, but they could be doing a lot of double double running back. They could be going for a lot of changing up their game plan to run a lot. So I actually like Latavius Murphy as a bump up here. So from fantasy, who do you like Addison? Like, what do you think from just how does this affect the saints main uh, players? And who do you think this affects the most? Yeah, I kind of see this as a similar situation to the Steelers with Mason Rudolph. Again, it's going to be a drop in touchdowns. Um, I do like the point that you make that, you know, Sean Payton is going to have a whole week now to prepare with Teddy Bridgewater specifically get him, you know, very used to the playbook and the weapons that he's using uh, as the starter and, you know, game scripts and plays at the beginning of the game and then just continue to work with him uh, through the next couple of weeks here. But, uh, yeah, Michael Thomas is going to be the main guy as usual, so I don't really see any drop in, in his production outside of touchdowns. Um, and I feel the same way about Alvin Kamara. Um, he kind of, you know, he didn't perform all too well. Uh, yesterday, just because uh, you know he only had one reception for 15 yards, and that's that's not that whole really... game was that whole game was a shit show. It was yeah, it was <laughs> crazy, and um, so really, it's just it was just a really weird, fluky game. So if you have Kamara, I'm not worried about him whatsoever. Um, I I disagree on Latavius Murray. I think this does hurt him um, because again, I think that he like the Mark Ingram role. You know, that's what he was kind of taking. He needs the 
the touchdowns to get there. And if he's not receiving the touchdowns, I could see, you know, while he might have volume, say like 13 to 15 or more carries a game, um, I don't really see a whole heck of a lot of yardage coming with that. Um, and then any like reception stuff, I would, you know, put all towards Alvin Kamara. So I don't really think that Latavius Murray now is going to meet the um, the ceiling that a lot of people were expecting from him as like an eighth or seventh round pick and redraft uh, just because of the offense isn't going to be, you know, producing as much uh, points and, and that's going to hurt Latavius Murray in the long run. Um, I, I guess I agree with you and disagree with you because I think if you're comparing it to the ADP people drafted him at, I definitely get that because people were drafting him there hoping for a ceiling that was above that. And I, he was a good value there. And now people are thinking at best, he'll just meet his draft day potential. Or I'm just thinking of is like, if I didn't draft him, I don't really care about that at this point. Someone could be panicking um, and trading for trading him for far less than they, they drafted him for. And I'm just thinking that for the, the good points you were making, um, so many people think that way that I think that the volume if they change up the game plan to be more rush heavy, which they may have to, um, I think that he's not someone that needs to be totally like discarded. Um, I'm looking to acquire him on the cheap. If someone in my league thinks that he is all of a sudden worthless um, because people do, people really do think that way. But I do agree with your point that if you're just uh, he's, he's obviously from a draft day perspective, uh, this is a disappointment if you drafted him. But um, I think it might be an opportunity to buy a guy who's still going to have value that some people think is all of a sudden worthless. I guess that's my point of view on Murray. So would you rather have Lat Murray or Carlos Hyde? Hyde. Okay. I, I mean, um, yeah, Hyde. <laughs> what about Lat Murray or Kalen Balaj? Oh, Murray. Yeah, that's kind of... Uh... I mean, I was in the same boat as well too. But that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the similar players that I see. You know, no real reception upside. It just kind of depends on what they do on the ground. You know, almost exclusively. Uh, like I wasn't going to compare him to Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry um, is is a very good running back in just on the ground. You know, he doesn't really he doesn't add anything from the receiving game. But on the ground, he has that ability to you know take some. Uh, runs for the the distance, but then also ha- we'll have the goal line carries because the t- Titans look like a pretty good team this year. Um, that, but that's just kind of like where I see Lat Murray's is kind of now is in that Carlos Hyde, Kalen Balage, you know, just two down workhorse and not even really a workhorse most of the time. Just kind of like it, he's he's there. He's gonna get like twelve or thirteen carries. Um, like, would you rather have Lat Murray or Jordan Howard? Murray. I uh, see. I don't know. I'd rather have none of them. Like at that point, I'd rather just look for a PPR back. You know, I'd rather. <laughs> well, have no, Thompson. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're we're not pulling out of a hat here, we're, we're just talking about acquiring a guy in the cheap. Um, but AP. yeah, I think what about AP? Lat Murray or AP? Oh, Latavius Murray for sure. OK, I mean, but the, I mean, when you say Ballage and AP, I mean, you're looking at two people that are looking at just horrific game scripts. So I, I think that they're they're really severely capped. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I actually would be interested in thinking about further. But as far as a two week sample size, I mean, he's getting over 60 percent of the snaps um, for the Texans. And it's obvious that uh, Duke Johnson is just not going to get the volume people want um, out of that. I mean, and Hyde has actually looked very good. So, yeah, from what we've seen so far, it'd be hard to take Murray over him. But I think Murray is still interesting enough. And if someone feels like 
Uh, he's no better than Kalen Balaj. I'd be willing to to get him if like because there's so many injuries. You know, I mean, if you're if you're if you have Damian Williams, uh, Joe Mixon hasn't looked great and might be having an ankle injury. I mean, if if you have some issues, um, you know, it could be worth trying to acquire him if you know you're uh, you're struggling at running back. Yeah, I could see it. I just I mean, he's boring. You know, I mean, you brought up Jordan really How Jordan Howard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the names we're talking about, if people are talking about him in those names and you want to get a guy in the cheap, then you know, that's, that's a good thing, at least for getting him cheap. It's he's, But yeah, it's not a game winning strategy. He's just a guy you can throw in there that's not going to get you, you know, maybe a zero. <laughs> it's just what it is, what it is, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, from a super flex perspective, uh, neither of these guys are someone you want in a um, in a standard league, at least not now. I mean, I guess it's possible Mason Rudolph could could take off. Uh, but yeah, for the immediate purposes, of course not. Uh, who interests you the most in a in a super flex league of the two, at least um, from a uh, redraft perspective? From a redraft perspective, I would rather have Mason Rudolph because we know that he's going to be the starter for the remainder of the year. Um, you worried about Taysom? You're worried about Taysom Hill? I know some people brought that up uh, for Bridgewater. N- not really. Um, I don't think Sean Payton ever wants to give Taysom Hill like the the main quarterbacking role. I think he likes him more as like the gadgety type quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't see him just. I mean, unless Bridgewater really sucks, but that would be against like everybody's opinion of Teddy Bridgewater. Even I think the Saints is if he like really sucks, then they would have to put in, you know, Taysom Hill. Um, but it's just for me, Bridgewater is going to be, you know, a half of the year starter for until Breeze gets back, and then Breeze is is back and assuming assumingly healthy um rudolph you have him for the rest of the year so if you want to make an investment between the two i'd rather it be rudolph because you know that you're going to get him for 14 games um i i agree with injury injury yeah i agree (laughs) with you i guess some people are weighing the uh uh full season versus the saints just being a perceived much better offense with or without breeze um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you that the time that he's guaranteed is obviously the decision maker for me. Uh, but people look to how Pittsburgh has looked through two games. But they said they still have plenty of people there. They 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 they're going to look a lot better going even without Ben. Their offense is going to look a heck of a lot better than what we've seen going forward. You would assume. I mean, it's it started out really bad. But if everyone's healthy, they should still be able to produce, at least from fantasy perspective, you know, if. Uh, We'll see if their defense could hold up. But again, even if it doesn't, that still means good things for Mason Rudolph, at least as far as fantasy goes. Yep. So, and we uh, still have to play Miami. So, <laughs> yes, everyone. <laughs> oh my God, Miami. Uh, who do you think would win? Uh, this is, I mean, I mean, I, I know I brought up University of Georgia just because we were talking about them on the other show. Uh, this is literally one of those teams that could theoretically, once they trade Fitzpatrick, that could theoretically lose to like Alabama. <laughs> I mean, they're that bad. Yeah, yeah. This one, like, I'm always on the NFL side because every person on the NFL team is an NFL player versus yes. the college. You know, they're only, like, maybe half of their players on both sides are NFL players. But this Getting is close. a really bad Dolphins team. Well, they're trying their hardest to trade everybody. I mean, yeah. it's going to get to that point. I mean, if they trade Drake and they get rid of Fitzpatrick, it's just, oh, it's awful. Yep. It's and, so bad. Yeah, and and I mean, you think about that Alabama team, like two is going to be 
the 101. Jerry Judy's going to be a top 10 pick. It, the defense is always great. Like, and that, and pr- probably what's going to wind up happening is the Dolphins are looking at the Alabama team right now, and they're like, man, if we can get a couple of these guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting that's discussion. And sorry. sorry. Yeah, it is. It is sad. Um, all right, everybody. Hopefully uh, you got some information out of this. Uh, you know, the, everyone's talking about it today. But uh, yeah, the big thing is uh, uh, James Washington, I guess, is the, the guy everyone we're talking about. Uh, he said Deontay Johnson, at least in my opinion, I know you didn't say what do you think of him as a, a deeper league pickup? Because uh, I know you actually are uh, as a Steelers fan, you you uh, you criticize James Washington quite a bit. Um, yes. If he performs the way you expect um do you like deontay johnson to step up or do you think that you'd rather just um you know would you rather go in like another direction no i i like deontay johnson it just kind of depends on how deep your league is like scott fishbowl i'm assuming deontay johnson maybe depending on your league um he may or may not be owned um but if he is i expect him to be one of the um you know highest sought after free agents this week um, for Scott Fishbowl. So if you're in a league like that deep, like we have like 22 players on our roster, um, then Deontay Johnson is like one of those guys that you have to have on your roster. Um, any Anything really, like if you're in a regular redraft, like six or seven bench, I don't really see Deontay Johnson being a, a primary ad, at least not right now, uh, maybe a, a week or two, unless you really want to beat the waiver wire and you think that Deontay Johnson can become something consistent my fear is that he's just not going to be a consistent option on a weekly basis it might be one week james washington gets it then the next week it's deontay johnson and and it really just kind of depends on who mason rudolph has um you know more of a connection with and everything right now is pointing towards that being james washington despite the fact that johnson had three targets um with mason rudolph yesterday so yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately that no one can wait and see how this is going to go. It's fantasy football. You have to make your waiver claims. So you got to make your best guess. Um, hopefully you got some guys to drop. Uh, don't make any bad decisions, folks. Thank you for listening to the Daily Blitz. And we'll be back tomorrow with another show. See you, everybody. <laughs> This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz.